When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the new and improved Cup of Cubby Blue, proudly affiliated with the Fans First Sports Network, where you are hopefully subscribed for a ton of great Cubs content. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review and a rating to help other people find us. We have got all the series-by-series updates, plus the bleacher banter that you love. I'm Sarah Sanchez. I write about why the Cubs are not fun and more for Bleed Cubby Blue. And as always, I am joined by the one and only Danny Rocket. Danny, how's it going? Well, I'm I'm here working on my new TV show. It's based on a, kind of an old TV show that was from the 90s uh, that called Touched by an Angel. I've got a new show that's kind of a, a spinoff of that called Swept by the Angels. And <laughs> that's that's my new I, man. It's it was just it's just gets rough. Like even the Padres series when you know where we're coming from, we split. Normally you're happy about that, but we got shut out twice. So there was a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth, but going to Anaheim to get swept and granted you're facing a team with two of the best players ever to put on the uniform, but you'd think you'd at least come away with one win, but it wasn't really all that close in any of these games. Um, You were winning only briefly any of them. I mean, even last night's loss of losing three to one um, did not feel close. And the only reason why is because the Cubs bats are as dead as a doornail right now. And it is just really hard to have any hope or faith in an offense that has been sputtering for some time. I mean, back in the day, it was like, oh, all we get is three true outcomes home run, walk, or strikeout. 
Well, now it's two true outcomes. <laughs> no, it's one true outcome. It's an out. We're getting out. <laughs> and maybe I a mean- single. If you can string three singles together, maybe you'll score a run. That's what maybe. this team is. You know, no slug at all on the team. I mean, it's it's embarrassing. Like, the pitchers have to be perfect. It's uh, – I didn't think it was going to be this bad this fast. It's kind of, And I'm just – sorry to jump into the baseball stuff. You asked me how I was. I'm not doing well. <laughs> And the and it's the Cubs' fault. <laughs> it is the Cubs' fault. I mean, I so I just we're we're recording this uh, Friday afternoon. I just had a piece drop at Bleed Cubby Blue that I've been working on for a couple of days now, and it's funny because I started this piece um, after Game Two of the Cubs Angels series, trying to figure out why the Cubs were not fun, mainly because I was watching the game late at night, and I've got Twitter up, like you do. You know, you get, comment on the game with Twitter up. And all these Reds highlights are coming across my screen, and they're incredible. Ellie De La Cruz is fun and incredible. He's hitting home runs 458 feet, almost clearing Great American Small Park. He's got the fastest time from, like, sprint speed to home or whatever in the major leagues in this season. Will Benson, who is, honest to God, batting, like, 193 or something and already got sent to AAA once this season before getting called up again, hits his first home run in the majors. It's a walk-off against the Dodgers. And that dude acted like he just won the World Series. I mean, he turns and faces the dugout, and he's like, this is my team. This is my city. He, like, bat spikes and runs around the bases like an old-school Wilson Contreras, Javi Baez type of scene. And I'm watching this Reds team, and I honestly – I was like, am I a Reds fan now? I think I like the Reds. This is great. While the Cubs are on my screen, and I think they were even – like winning at that point or only down one or something might be winning soon. And I'm like, why is it that I like this Reds team that is only two and a half games better than the Cubs and projected to be worse than the Cubs? Why is it that they are so much more fun than my favorite baseball team who is playing the most uninspired baseball I have ever seen in my life? Well, I talked to a Reds fan yesterday, luckily, to have this conversation. Um, our friend Billy DeVore, who's come on the Sun Ranto show many and I, he's a very funny stand-up comedian, huge Reds fan. And uh, actually, it was his birthday yesterday, so happy birthday, Billy. And he said, because the Reds, they tore it down to the studs yet once again. They went for it, if you remember, in 2020. They were going to go for it. They had a pitcher who shall not be named amongst uh, other uh, former Cub greats like Nick Castellanos and, uh, you know, uh, at the time. And they, they just had had a good team. They were really going for it. They were a, a nice team that year. Um, and then after COVID happened, they just really ripped it back down again because that was going to be a short window anyhow until some of these dudes who are coming up right now, like Ellie De La Cruz and stuff, I, now they're here and they're arriving and they're a lot of fun. And if you turn the clock back for the Cubs back to when we had hot young studs coming up and, and performing at a high level. Uh, That's what it feels like for Reds fans right now. And according to Billy, he said, of course, you know, like any fan base, people aren't necessarily don't have the time to be watching the minor leagues uh, on a constant basis, but Billy does because he does a Reds podcast. So he looked back into Well, what he says is the Reds have been implementing a plan and that when the owner said to everybody, well, where else are you going to go? We stink this year. That's just how it's going to be. But we have a plan. 
they have been implementing that plan. Now we're seeing the fruits of that labor. And uh, Billy was pro plan the whole time. He saw this all coming. Like for us as Cub fans, the Reds being fun is coming out of the blue. But that's because we never heard of these guys before yesterday. But the moment you lay eyes on some of these studs, the 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 eyeball test gets passed instantaneously. Now, well, it's not going to work for all of them, but, you know, some of them seem like they're real deals. Dude, Ellie De La Cruz. I am in love with Ellie De La Cruz. I've, I, was wa- I watched him leg out a triple like four times yesterday on Twitter. It's mesmerizing. He runs like Usain Bolt, and he hits the ball 450 feet. Everything off his bat is like 110 plus miles an hour. It's absolutely unbelievable. I am in love with this player. And it reminds me of, the, and to be clear, the Cubs have a handful of dudes who are exciting on their team. It's not like everybody on the team is boring. Like Christopher Morrell can hit the baseball like that. And Christopher Morrell can run like that. But Christopher Morrell is not Ellie De La Cruz. Like Christopher Morrell no. strikes out a bit too much. And he's like, he's going to, he's going to have a role and he's going to be good and whatnot. He, he is not like the dude who is both the fastest and the strongest and the best hitter. And you're just like, I'm like absolutely wowed by him. Right. Nelson Velasquez had a couple of weeks where he kind of looked like a dude and it was fun and it was great. And now Nelson Velasquez is in Iowa and nobody thinks Nelson Velasquez is coming to rescue the 2023 Chicago Cubs anytime soon. Honestly, Sarah, next to Ellie De La Cruz, like Nelson Velasquez looks like a pile of rags. Like, I agree. No, I agree. Like the Cubs prospects are not of the same caliber as Matt McClain. And Ellie De La Cruz. And, and the Reds still have Noelle Marte in the minors. Like, they they still have dudes who are dudes. And the Cubs have Pete Crow Armstrong two years away, maybe if everything continues the way it's supposed to continue. I mean, if it, things continue the way they continue, he'll be here sooner than that. <laughs> you know, just because we won't have anybody to play. Because we are selling off our players at this trade deadline. And one of those people is likely to be the hopefully soon to be returning from the injured list, Cody Bellinger, who I tried, by the way, I'm doing the Lord's work here. I tried to trade it to the Pirates. I don't know even who their center fielder is, but I've been texting. Um, Andrew McCutcheon. Oh, he's playing center? Isn't he? Hold on, I'll double check. I'll figure out who the who the Pirates right. center fielder is. They, while might you tell not need, they might not need Bellinger. Maybe they need a first baseman. I don't know, but... If they need somebody, we got a guy, and I tried to trade him uh, to John Baker of the, who's their farm director of the Pirates, who we of course is, was was the uh, mental skills coordinator for the Cubs for years, years, which is how I know him. Well, I know him because I wrote a song about him. But um, oh, apparently, Jack Sawinski is getting most of the starts in center, but he's not really a center fielder. Andrew McCutcheon's been DHing. Little Bellinger action, little rental, like Pirates spend a little bit just for one year. I could see it happening. Come on, John, let's make this happen. Let's make a deal. Um, <laughs> No, but I mean, you get, you go out there and you've just been playing, you know, Cody Del Mendo said it last night on the, the, the Chuggo was going late, you know, Chuggo has been doing their late night shows and they're been doing post games at midnight. I feel bad for him. I'm like, Cody's like out down at the studio and I'm in bed, you know, at that point, just, uh, but he said, you know, with this team, it's been like two steps forward, five steps back. Yes. And I and I that really resonated with me when Cody said that. And I'm like, that, there's really no better way to put it, because it's like you we really haven't taken. I mean, I'd love to do the two steps forward, two steps back. That would be the 500 we were promised. But this the sum of its parts is actually worse 
than what we you might have thought. Like that whole phrase of like, it could be better than as some of its parts, which was our best case scenario. This team is playing in its worst percentile of probability because they're not as bad as they should be. I mean, it would actually, they're, they're worse than they should be. Oh, they're, they're a lot worse than they should be. I actually am looking at some of the comments on my article about why this Cubs team is so uninspired right now. And there's a couple of interesting things going on here that I want to just call out from the comments. So the, the top comment on this article actually pulls out a quote from the Patrick Mooney piece that I think is instructive. And I think we should talk about it. And frankly, I don't care about talking about these angels games. The Cubs went to Anaheim. They lost three to a team that is 500 and isn't very good. Like they lost, like, it's fine. Let's just talk Check about the my TV show swept by an angel. <laughs> yeah. Meta let's, let's meta like analyze the Cubs here for a second. There's a line in Patrick Mooney's piece from a couple of days ago in the athletics, where he talks about whether or not the Cubs are going to sell off at the trade deadline that begins with Cubs, the Cubs front office, the Cubs officials don't care what fans think. And that is very clear. It is very clear that this front office does not care whether fans have a baseball team that they can cheer for and like and engage with in any way, shape or form at all. And you can see it in the attendance numbers at the greatest ballpark on earth as they just collapse into the ground on any weekend that is not a holiday weekend with some sort of marquee giveaway, no pun intended on the use of marquee there, that it's empty. It's got 15,000, 20,000 people in the stands. Nobody goes when it's raining to see this team do like give up four runs and not play good defense. And the bullpen gave up two homers again. I mean, honest to God, the best thing that's happened to the Cubs in like the last week plus and change is Marcus Stroman throwing a complete game Shut out. And he had to because they only had one run. They only had one run against the Rays. And yeah. nobody in the bullpen could hold a one run lead against the Tampa Bay Rays. Are you kidding me? No, this team. I mean, and we expected them to be somewhat fight uh, like uh, pro production wise. Offensively, we ex expected them to be somewhat weak going into this season. It was all about pitching and defense, even though the pitching was, you know, it but a lot of wait and see, but it, for the most part, the starting pitching has been okay. Tyone's been a disappointment until recently. Um, the uh, Justin Steele really until he got hurt was building on his stuff. Uh, Marcus Stroman has really pitched like an ace this year. Um, uh, you get Hendo back. You, you know, you're hoping for good things out of the, the, the young guys. Smiley's been better than uh, expected. I think so. Like, you can't complain about the starting rotation, even though, well, you know, people do, but you, it's the bullpen and it's been in the offense. Now the offense overperformed at the beginning of the year. You've got, you got pretty stellar performances from guys like Cody Ballinger until they went down and uh, Nico Horner was really good to start the year, but there's been a couple guys who, whose bats uh, Patrick wisdom was hot as hell to start the year. But some of these dudes have absolutely fallen off the face of the earth. Christopher Morrell came up on fire, completely disappeared. Like it's just been a Jekyll and Hyde offense. And I don't, I don't know if it's broken, but they have no energy. So it's so interesting that you write this, like, why is this team boring or whatever? Uh, they have no personality. This team has no, um, they've got, they don't click. No, they, you know, so it's like what the sum of the parts kind of thing. 
this team is not clicking in the least. They've I don't know if it's the the lineup construction, which is I know done by College of Coaches committee in some pregame with the Cub Cubtometers three thousand spitting out names and stats and matchups. Here's how it'll go, David. Um, David bought three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Tato bought 3,000. Uh, AB, the W18 on that article set talks about Bruce uh, Levine being on Mully and Hall this morning. And, and he makes the comment that there is no fear when the opponents face the Chicago Cubs lineup. And he's absolutely right. Like there's nobody is scared of this lineup doing anything. I mean, one of the things that the Cubs were doing at the start of the season that they have just stopped doing. And I, I, I cannot fathom why, because I looked at the catcher stats that were dictating some of these decisions and I don't understand why they stopped doing it is stealing bases. Like if you have an offense that doesn't hit a ton of home runs and doesn't hit for a lot of power, you have to move the needle somehow. And I understand they're probably wary of letting Nico just run wild because he had that hamstring issue. But like, for the love of God, steal a base. David Ross last night on the postgame show, Danny, at one point in time was asked what they need to do. He's like, well, maybe we should just bunt more. And I just wanted to, I, I wanted to throw something at my television. <laughs> I was like, you think bunting is the answer? Like, are you crazy? Uh, that's hilarious. Well, I mean, and to be fair about the stolen, stolen base thing, you actually have to be on base to steal True. them. So, you know, it's. Can't steal first. <laughs> you can't steal first. I mean, and it's, it. I mean, even in the first game, like there was some hope in this in that first game in the against the Angels. They went up for nothing in the second. And, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another. Matt Mervis boots a ball <laughs> into into right oh, field. That was awful. But, but it didn't need it didn't mean that the floodgates had to open. Like, you know, it's like everybody be like, that was the moment. Yeah, it was the moment. But like. Could you just couldn't stop the bleeding at some point? You know, then I saw a lot of people complaining about putting Tyone out there for you know, because he was obviously losing it. But like, it's the fifth, he's supposed to be your innings eating guy. Like, even if it's a bad decision to leave him in the game, like, he's supposed to be a guy that can can do that. Now, 106 pitches might be a little high, but like, I could see people are having these arguments about the minutiae of a crappy team. And it's like they're pretty worthless arguments that we're having with each other. Like, like another thing, just to shout out Chuggo again, that people were arguing about in their chat as they were live on the show was who is the better bench bat, Miles Mastroboni or Nick Magical? And like Cody's like, shut up. They're the same guy. You know, they like, both suck. They're yeah. both terrible. If Why those are, are your best, you've done it wrong. Yeah. Why are we arguing about the margins? And like, listen, I fall victim to it too, just because we need content for our shows. And frankly, I don't want to sit around and yell about three losses against a, a pretty good Angels team, but still a team that you think you could steal a win from. Not even steal. You didn't even face their best pitching. You didn't face O'Donnie. You know, so it's right. like. So it's not like you had an excuse. Well, they had their top three guys. No, we faced the back end. We had two lefties, which I was told by us on the last show that we could hit. <laughs> <laughs> past me was very wrong about that. Exactly. Past me is an idiot. So <laughs> past me thought this Cubs team had some fight and would show up and no. would not be like, well, we're down by a run. We're done. Yeah. And it, so, I mean, I, we, I don't know how many people want to sit and hear us like be and complain about this stuff, but like it's, it, it's just is 
really disappointing and frustrating. I know for all of us and everybody listening to this, that the Cubs are going to be sellers again in 2023 because there was a scenario even maybe two weeks ago, if they could have writ- even um, righted the ship after the two and seven road trip, if they could have somehow rebounded that gotten a little bit better than home cooking instead of getting swept by the reds um, or, you know, or maybe even gone five, tried to go 500 on this road trip really looks like a long shot. You're going to have to sweep the giants now to be able to do it. And um, y- you know, it's just like, there was a path to being buyers or at least like in the race, but 10 games under ain't it. No, you've dug yourself a, a hole that you're going to have to get as hot as any team can ever get to get anywhere close to sniffing the playoffs. And I haven't seen it out of this bunch. And especially after you sell off, like who's coming up. I mean, maybe that's when Morel plays center field every day. and actually turns into a good center fielder because Bellinger's gone. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like maybe there is some life in this team, but it's certainly not going to be this team that we're going to like see it come out of because they're going to be traded. Your ace is gone. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I, I don't really see a path for this team to do anything other than sell at the deadline. And frankly, like, Jed Hoyer has demonstrated that the only thing he is he has on lock, the only skill that he might have as the president of baseball operations is turning one year of current talent into a bunch of lottery tickets that will not hit for four or five years. <laughs> that is the only thing that Jed Hoyer has proven to me that he is capable of doing. And so I have no doubt that he will turn Cody Bellinger into like three 17-year-olds and Marcus Stroman and his option will become like a couple of wild card 19, 20 year olds that will hang out in complex league for a while before one of them just decides that he decide, doesn't want to come back. And we never hear from him again. And he gets quietly released from the Cubs roster. Uh, I'm sure that Drew Smiley is going to become like one or two random dudes who we will never see at Wrigley field ever uh, so, you know, Kyle Hendricks too, why not? Like, it's not like this team has any sense of nostalgia or loyalty or <laughs> cares at all that there be a member of the 2016 World Series core on the team for a long time. I mean, who cares if Kyle Hendricks stays a Cub? Why would, why, Jed Hoyer certainly does not. Yeah, why would we want to watch the, the heroes that brought us the greatest day uh, that we'll ever feel in our lives? Uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, they're I, all gone. They I, don't I'm, care. I'm over here. They're I'm over here gone. talking yeah. to my friends who are going to St. Louis, uh, St. Louis Pride Night, um, and they're they're telling me how they're so excited to go to Pride Night to see the Cardinals play. I'm like, well, say hi to Wilson Contreras for me. Like, wave at my favorite player of all time. Like, send him my love. I I care more about former Cubs on other teams than I do about Trey Mancini, Cody Bellinger, and. That Miles Mastroboni combined. Well, and they could have, and the only way it could have gone different because we can like other players. I don't think that'd be the the issue. Like this team could have been just like some sort of group that clicked and did more than we thought they could because they are veteran players for the most part. And then you do have some exciting rookies that can come up and do historic things like Christopher Morrell. So in some universe there is this healthy mix some alternate universe not the one we unfortunately live in um some alternate universe in revisionist history i could have seen this group of 
it's almost how I always wanted it to happen. You know, except, you know, a couple of longtime guys, a couple of grizzled veterans on their last contract, a couple of rookies, and just like for whatever reason, this ragtag group of also rands, you know, creates a Hollywood movie ending where they weren't, nobody expected them, and they went all the way. You know, it's just, and that's, but that, that ain't happening. It's the, and then you have to look at Jed and say, okay, this failure is on you. You didn't put together the bullpen that you said you, that you've been doing in the past. Some of these pitch lab dudes that you've actually been quote unquote developing aren't working out in, you know, even like dudes that you thought you might have like Rowan wick or something like that. Like we don't even talk about him anymore. What happened Rowan to him? Wick. Brad Weck. Brad Weck. I'm old enough to remember when we had multiple wicks and wax. Yeah. Yeah. Wicks and wax all over the place. And now they're just gone. Like, it's like, what happened? Like, did the pitch lab hurt them? Like, I mean, I know injuries happen, but like, there's just been a, a, you know, Keegan Thompson. He's still struggling down. I mean, what happened with this team that like kind of felt like it had at least some pieces in place. Um, And then if a couple of them are doing fine, like Alzali, I still trust him, but we're not talking about like, you know, the, 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 uh, like Taj Mahal of back end bullpen dudes, you know, it's like, can we, before we go to break, I want to talk about one more thing here, which is heart attack. <laughs> the one thing that I know I'm like, I'm all fired up. I feel like this is more ranty than normal. This is like the Sun Ranto show too. Sun Ranto two today. Well, uh, Danny, Danny and I are on a little bit of a, I don't know, a little bit of a better here. Uh, no. So the, here's my, you know, they started this series with like all these clips of Seiya Suzuki chatting with Shohei Otani in the outfield and Seiya's like trying to reel him in. And I'm like, I last night I was sitting there watching this as, as you know, the Cubs lost to the Angels again. I'm like, why would Shohei Otani ever sign with this team? Like Shohei Otani, who doesn't want to stay with the Angels because he wants to win somewhere. Like his stated goal is near-term winning. What exactly do the Chicago Cubs offer Shohei Otani? We won't even get into the fact that there's no way the Ricketts are going to shell out the money that it would cost to get Shohei Otani. They'll try to sell him like a discount rate Wrigley Field and Dreams, right? Like I... So they're not even in the conversation from a financial perspective because the Ricketts would never lay out that type of money. But like, honest to God, do you think this was a this was a selling series for like, hey, Shohei, come hang out with us in Wrigleyville. It's going to be great. You can be on a 500 team for life. Well, to be fair, most of the players on the current team won't actually be here next year. So <laughs> maybe they'll let him pick the team. Yeah, I, it, I mean, it would be great to get Shohei Otani. There's no... Uh, there's no reason why the Cubs shouldn't. I mean, they'd make all their money back if they did go and sign somebody like him. Did you see that um, they made him that made show it? Uh, they made um, say a Suzuki player of the game because he helped recruit <laughs> Otani. And I'm that's like, uh, like, that's pretty pathetic. If I mean, and first of all, if you lose three to one, like you probably don't have a player of a game of the game because you stunk. But um yeah, it's um, yeah. We're I don't know why we wouldn't be in for Shohei Otani, except for that they they seem like they're trying to build the Rays. They'd rather they, they want to be financially smart. They're money people. They're not. I don't believe they're truly fans of the sport. Like, yeah, well, they're bad me. at being the Rays. So if Jed Hoyer thinks he's gonna go be the Rays, maybe he should go work in their front office for a while, and the Cubs can hire some talent from the Rays to build an actual winning baseball club 
on the north side of Chicago. You'd think 175 million would buy you more. Like Ricketts might be mad about it. Like, you know, dude, I would be. I would be absolutely furious if I were the Ricketts right now. Like, what ha- what has Jed Hoyer done for you lately? And frankly, like every time I log on to Twitter and people are all like, "Ah, oh, David Ross, this David Ross, that," I'm like, David Ross cannot do anything with this. There is there is not a lineup David Ross could put out that would result in more success. There's no, there's no way you shuffle the parts where you're like, I'll put Nico in the four hole instead of in the one hole. And I'll, I'll, I'll move master Boney up. And like, there, there's nothing David Ross can do. There's no, there's no button in the bullpen to push to like get guys out. Cause Advert Alzali can't throw every single bullpen inning. Yeah. What, what's the phrase shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic. Indeed. <laughs> That's where yeah. we're at people. It's June 9th. We are at the shuffling deck chair. Jet, nice. Shuffling Six. deck chairs on the Titanic uh, part of the season. It's a real nice spot to be. Uh, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, a nice break for our sponsors. And on the flip side, we're going to see how the Cubs can do against a red hot San Francisco Giants team for three games against the Giants. I'm sure you'll want to stay up late for those ones. But first, a quick break. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. So Danny, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to for, do some foreshadowing here. Uh, it turns out that the Cubs have no hot hitters and the Giants have all the hot hitters. So I'm sure this series is going to go well, but before we get to who's hot and who's cold, uh, we need to talk about some probable pitchers. So it looks like the Cubs are going to head into San Francisco tonight with Marcus Stroman, the one guy who has been able to win games for the Cubs. He does that by pitching all of the innings and not letting the game get to the bullpen against Anthony DeSclafani. Kyle Hendricks will face off against TBD tomorrow. I'm sure that will go very well for the Cubs. And then Hayden Wisniewski will get the start against also TBD uh, on Sunday. What do you see from these pitching matchups? Well, TBD uh, has been really good all year. (laughs) And and, uh, it's, Tom Bartles Dingleberry, I believe is, is the name. Um, well, I mean, Stro has just been great. And it's just one of those situations where every time he's good, I guess he's increasing his trade value. But I really wish the Cubs would work out even a midseason deal with him. And maybe 
signing somebody like Strode to a long-term contract would might be something that would entice somebody like Shohei Otani to come to the team. Um, yeah, I mean, Di Sclafani, we know him pretty well from his dead days with the Reds. Um, I mean, he's got a four ERA. It's TBD you really got to worry about, though. <laughs> um, who, who else did you say is pitching for the Cubs? What What is the order of the humans that – we're going to throw to the Wolves in San Francisco. Uh, Marcus Stroman, Kyle Hendricks, and Hayden Wisniewski. Oh, yeah. Well, Kyle, you know, just hoping that he can just keep on keeping on. That's <laughs> kind of where we're at with him. And Hayden Wisniewski, I mean, it's this bullpen would be a lot better if he was in it and we, you know, had Justin Steele in the rotation. But unfortunately, um, you know, Hayden, I mean, Hayden's pretty good. You know, he was good the last time he went out there as well. Um, in fact, there's some cases to think that we, we would have liked to have seen him a little bit longer. He was getting a piggyback role, too. Um, yeah, I really like Hayden Wisniewski. I, I hope he can figure it out. I root, you know, that's actually the thing I'm looking for more than Kyle. Like, as much as, like, I love that we have Kyle on the team because and that he's working his way back from that injury, it's like I'm ready – as a Cubs fan to embrace some new blood and Hayden Wisniewski is absolutely my favorite of that new blood bunch. Well, him and steel, but steel we've had for a little bit, but Hayden is, uh, I, I, I just love what he throws and the, it's cause it's the slide. It's a slider based approach to the game. And I don't know if it, I was thinking about this recently, Sarah, and I'm interested to get your take on this. I know they were trying to throw, teach everybody the sweeper, which is basically a slider, but a little bit more of an extreme one with a more extreme break. Horizontal break instead Horizontal. of so much vertical yeah. break. Yeah. So now I, I do you think that they screwed up was Nesky by trying to make him do the sweeper that everybody's throwing? Because his walk rate went up and his strikeout rate went down probably because they walked on the pitch instead of struck out. I don't well, know. Maybe, maybe I, I feel like he had something awesome last year that I was like, Ooh, look at that slider. And now I'm like, eh, it looks like weird. I don't know. Well, a couple of things with Hayden was there that are sort of unique. One, he had the sweeper before, like he was throwing that with the, in the Yankees organization and he was throwing it last year. He was doing a pretty good job with it. Um, I think that Hayden's just having some command issues and hopefully they will work out. Although it is worth noting that like most of his successes last year, if you go back and look at his game logs, they were against really bad teams. So like yeah. he was really good against the bad reds last year, not the fun reds this year. He was really good against like teams that were struggling. And then when he had to face a team that was pretty good, like the above 500 giants, he looked pretty, he looked pretty average. Right. So there was, there was, that was always kind of in the back of my mind. I think that, he just seems to be struggling with some command and some game planning for lefties right now. And he's looked better the last couple of times out um, after he came back from Iowa. So I'm hoping that's fixed. Now, the other dudes, the dudes who added the sweeper, I am actually not sure that they're doing good stuff. Like I, I think Jamison Tyon was one of his struggles was that he was using that pitch wrong. Like, you know, Sarah's a couple of weeks ago at the on rates and barrels had this really good argument about why Jamison Tyon was using his sweeper in the wrong spots. Like he was throwing it because it's a horizontal break, right? So like, depending on whether you throw it to righties or lefties, it breaks in or out. And Eno was arguing that he was just using the pitch all wrong. And honestly, 
shortly after that happened, Tyon looked a lot better. Like he started using the pitch differently and the last two Tyon starts have not been all that terrible. So I do think that there is some organizational issues in like using pitch mixes incorrectly and playing around with things that they probably were not doing right. But I don't think it's a Wesneski problem. I think it was more some of the other guys. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's hard to know like the minutia of, you know, how are we going to attack this hitter or that hitter? And I know they're getting all the best data in the world. It's, you know, it's just that when things aren't going well, you just want to pull apart everything and just uncover every single rock to figure out if there's just some magic bullet by which you could fix everything. It's like, you know, like look back when Craig Kimbrell was tipping his pitches, all of a sudden he stopped tipping his pitches and he got much better. Like it was an instant fix. And so you're just always looking for, for something like that. I mean, the, I, I'm pretty untrustworthy. I mean, this happens throughout baseball all the time. A, a new pitch comes into fashion. Everybody uses it. Hitters adjusts, can hit it. Now it, they have to find a new way to, to do it. It's a constant cat and mouse game. And it's, there's a, a meta way that they're doing it in the overall game. And then there's the batter by batter, how to get a guy out specifically way that pitches are being used. And I mean, that's why I'm glad Hayden's up here and not in the minor leagues, because um, I kind of want to see all this stuff play out at the major league level. And it's what the Rays are doing. I mean, the Reds, the Reds are letting the kids play right now yeah the letting the kids play thing is is honestly one of my biggest issues with this team it's not even so much that like I think they would be better if Mervis got more at bats every day or if Morel got more at bats every day or if Nelson Velasquez was up here getting at bats like it's just that I think they would be fun and I think that it would be valuable experience that would make them better in a year and I would enjoy watching that team a lot more than like watching whatever it is we've got going on now. Yeah. I mean, even the concept of a platoon situation with Matt Mervis, it's like, well, that's not really what you want out of Matt Mervis. You want him to be your every day against lefties and righties. And by the way, Matt Mervis, uh, I, I don't think he's as bad against lefties as you might think he has been. I mean, he's been bad against everybody. So, you know, if you want to like mince it, you know, it's, it, it's, um, Maybe not um, that extreme, but let's uh, I'm, I'm going to see versus left handed hitters. Um, oh, yeah. Mervis, he's been bad, but he's not been way worse than against righties. For example, he's got a 188 batting average instead of right. a, like a like a 1892 or something like it's he's equally crappy on from both sides of the plate. But that doesn't matter right now. What you want is the development, not necessarily the results you want. Matt Mervis to, to see if you have maybe the second half of the year, he goes on a tear because he figures something out. Maybe he's one of those dudes that will struggle for, you know, look at Ryan Sandberg struggled. He's the famous one who struggled. He went like over 40, something like that. You know, he had a terrible struggles to start his, his career. And, you know, then he went on to a hall of fame career. So like no pressure, Matt Mervis, but <laughs> we'd like you to go to the hall of fame. But, you know, they've just got a bunch of solid ball players, uh, no real stars. And uh, you're kind of like looking at the Mor- – like, why won't they let Morrell play third? I don't know. They just keep throwing Patrick Wisdom over there, t- t- saying Morrell strikes out too much, and Patrick Wisdom strikes out half the damn time. 
he he strikes out as much as Christopher Morel does, and he's been hitting worse. Like I also, it's like when the best player on your team and the only guy who is consistently doing anything well is Mike Talkman. Something has gone yeah. terribly wrong. Well, like, like, where is Ian Happ? Like, did Ian Happ is Ian Happ just in one of his disappearing? modes like Dansby Swanson kind of stepped out for a little bit like Nico's struggling at the moment the best hitter on the team is Mike Taukman right now Danny like oh, yeah he, by far only one driving in runs only one coming up clutch uh you know but Ian Happ like it's not bad like on the overall situation for Ian Happ like he's got the 392 OBP I have heard some calls for him possibly batting lead, lead off Instead of, I know Nico, we go was happening for a while, but it certainly hasn't been happening recently. And it's been really hard to justify playing him in the leadoff role. And it's not that small of a sample size. Like I would say it's been like a month, like since coming back from that injury, maybe he should have, they should have dropped him back, you know, to let him work back because I, I don't know what's going on with him, but he, he'd kind of disappeared. But yeah, I mean, Hap's not having a bad year. The power's gone is what's really harsh. And you were hoping for him to hit you 20 dongs and uh, it, it ain't happening. Like uh, it's, he had to have to hit 25 home runs. You know, he batted 226 back in 2021, 17 last year, but that average was 50 points higher. So, you know, he just kind of changed his approach and, uh, and all things being equal, he was a solid ball player this year. The OPS is higher, but the power is gone. Like, He's walking a ton. Can I tell you how many walks Ian Happ has? <laughs> yeah, go for it. 45 already. That's a lot of walks. 45. He had 58 all last year. He's on pace to nearly double the amount of times he walked last year. I don't know if they're not giving him something to hit. But, hey, there's an argument right there to put him in the leadoff, I would say. You know, if that's what he's going to be doing, that's how they're going to pitch him. But, you know, the the lineup of Tron 3000 is not Why spitting out. Is <laughs> not spitting out. Ian Happ's name up top yet. So yeah. maybe enough data comes in. That's the problem Wait. with data. It's late. It's late to the party. Data is you're talking about the past. You have to be able to te- to read those tea leaves and look into the future, <clears throat> which is a reversion to the mean. So, you know it. it Ian Happ has been solid. I, I don't think it's necessarily a disappearing act. I don't really want to see him bat a right-handed anymore. I can tell you that much. I don't know if you have to. Maybe that's a place that you can get some more at-bats for one of your right-handed guys like Miguel Amaya, who maybe can't catch every day because of the, the, the heavy lifting of the position, but certainly does need those at-bats and seems to be quite a judicious and patient and powerful hitter. Hey, I think Miguel Amaya is my favorite part of the season so far. Uh, I really liked the two weeks where Christopher Morrell hit bombs like every single day. That was great. Although those occurred at a time where the rest of the Cubs were sucking. So the Cubs didn't actually win a lot during Morrell's hot streak. I really liked Nelson Velasquez's grand slam where he like put the Cubs ahead after the Cubs were down seven, nothing against the Mariners in a game where I almost gave up, honestly. Like I was like, great, it's going to be one of those games. Uh, but Miguel Amaya is probably my favorite player to emerge this year. And he looks really, really good. He looks good and he looks like he's going to be consistently good. And he looks like he's going to be good for a long time. And I like everything about it. 
I just wish there were more to cheer for. And I wish that like, you know, Danny, I'd feel better about this team if Miguel Amaya was getting half of the starts at catcher and was truly just there to learn from Jan Gomes and Tucker Barnhart, whatever wisdom they have acquired in their years of being defense oriented backstops who everybody thinks are great at game calling or whatever it is they're great at. Um, that's all I want. That's all I want from this team right now. I want Miguel Amaya to become the next all-star starting catcher for the Chicago Cubs since they let their last one go. I mean, I would give him, I would maybe do a little bit less than that. Like maybe two starts a week more. And, and I would give him to one pitcher. You know, I would say that so that they could game plan, maybe two pitchers that they could swing in and out. Um, because you don't want to mess up the pitcher with it, but I don't know, give them to Tyone, give them to Smiley, give, give them to one of them, or, or if not two of them, and then space it out by how it is and, and change it up as you need to and how it's making sense with the matchups and, you know, who you're facing. I'm sure they're looking at all that stuff, looking ahead. When are we going to face are the they? lefty? I mean, are they, are they looking at that? If it were me, I'd be looking at my whole schedule and at least a month ahead at all times. I'd be like, okay, what's happening a month ahead? Who do I need to call up? And anything can change with an injury or something like that. But I would have some sort of like vague plan for like how things <laughs> would generally go. And I would bat. I would I would put Miguel Amaya in five out of seven games, and and two of those he'd catch. Um, and he would be the DH in the other ones. And to be honest, I would I would if you're not gonna play Mervis at first, I would make him play a little little first base too. Because he does. He has played a little first base in the past. And just to just see what would happen over there. I don't think it would stunt his development at catcher. And maybe if you're more trustworthy of his catching abilities by giving him two starts a week, and then you add a third, and then we see a little less Tucker Barnhart. I think them I think Barnhart should be in there one day a week just to keep his skills fresh, and that's about it. A little less Tucker Barnhart is something we can all get behind. Now, let's talk about the Cubs' hot and cold hitters because I do think this is instructive. So when I run this list usually each week, I do the last 14 days, and I do uh, you have to have at least 20 plate appearances. Miguel Amaya doesn't make the cut on that list, honestly, because he only has 19 plate appearances in the last two weeks. But I just reran it with a minimum of 10 because the best news for this Cubs team is that Miguel Amaya is the best Cubs hitter. Over the last two weeks, he has 19 plate appearances and he's got a WRC plus of 183 during those 19 plate appearances. There are literally none, zero other hot bats on the Chicago Cubs right now, according to a WRC plus of 110 or more. Mike Talkman is your next hottest hitter. He has a WRC plus of 108. Uh, Dansby Swanson is the next best and he is below average with a WRC plus of 96 slashing 255, 327, 383 over the last two weeks. And it just goes downhill from there. Ian Happ has a WRC plus of 70 over the last two weeks. Nico Horner has a WRC plus of 62. Trey Mancini has a WRC plus of 57. Seiya Suzuki has a WRC plus of 41. Jan Gomes is at 40. Patrick Wisdom is at 25. Hey, that's an improvement for when he was at eight last week. Miles Mastroboni is at 16. Christopher Morell is at negative 15. I don't even know how that's possible. Matt Mervis is at negative 41. And Tucker Barnhart is at negative 100, which I think means he is 200% less likely than the league average hitter to drive in a run. Dear God, help the, this Cubs team. Yeah, I mean, they remember when the offense broke years and years ago? Well, and they fired a bunch of hitting coaches, and then they were like, oh, yeah, we should have just stuck with John Maley, and now he's back in AAA. Yeah, I remember that. 
I just, I don't get what's going on. Like they, I know that they're not all the best hitters in the world. And that offense was kind of predicted to not be our strong suit, but come on now. <laughs> what are we doing? Come on now. Right. Come like I read now. those numbers and you're just like, Oh my God, this team, every single person on the Mike Talkman and Miguel Amaya are above average and everybody else is below average, at well, least for this stretch. And, well, and the problems, and, and it's funny because overall, like you kind of over, you, you played better than you thought you were going to in April, you scored more runs than you thought you would. And so it, when I look at like the numbers for the year, they're all average. Like, do you, do you remember when the Cubs were actually one of the best offensive teams? Like, coming out of April, we're all like, oh, my God. Like, what's happening with the Cubs? They're scoring. Remember the, the crazy run differential that everybody was, like, doing bell kicks? Back about? when they had Eric Hosmer. Yeah. yeah. Eric Hosmer, the glue holding the 2023 Cubs together. Seriously. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Bring him back. Yeah. Nobody got him yet, did they? I, didn't see I don't know. You could just go back to Eric Hosmer and be like, hey, Hos, we're really sorry. We're really like, sorry, man. man. We, we need you, man. It was, you were the clubhouse bro we needed this whole time. But um. The answer was Eric Hosmer, people. That was the answer. All right, let's do this uh, hot and cold bats exercise for the San Francisco Giants now. And I swear to God, I, I couldn't have dreamt this up as being more of a contrast with the Chicago Cubs. Over the last two weeks, with 20 plate appearances or more, J.D. Davis has a WRC Plus of 182. Austin Slater has a WRC Plus of 161. Brandon Crawford has a WRC Plus of 154. Michael Conforto has a WRC Plus of 149. Patrick Bailey, the rookie catcher, first-round draft pick that they called up a couple weeks ago, has a WRC Plus of 148. Mike Yastrzemski has a WRC Plus of 146. Lamont Wade Jr. has a WRC Plus of 134. Mitch Hanniger has a WRC Plus of 129. Wilmer Flores has a WRC Plus of 118. And somebody named Brett Wisely, who I have literally never heard of, has a WRC Plus of 111. So... I don't know, Danny. It kind of seems like this could go poorly for the Cubs. Yeah, they've been winning a fair amount of series lately. I mean, if you go back even into mid-May, they swept the Phillies. They beat the the Marlins, which we couldn't do. They beat the the Twins. They swept Milwaukee. We couldn't do that either. We we lost know, two or three a, to the Twins. We we lost three. We lost three. They lost three or four to Milwaukee. Or no, they won three or four against Milwaukee. They did. There was a four game series, and then you know they then they just swept Colorado. Like, who did the Cubs sweep? We that we swept the A's. Like I just mentioned, two sweeps in in and an almost sweep of the Brewers in the last couple of weeks. Have the Cubs swept anybody? They did not sweep the Rays. They thought about it, but they didn't do it. Yeah, they. I don't think they. Have they swept got swept anybody. by the Reds. They thought about sweeping the Marlins at home, but they didn't do it. They didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I did don't they, think did, they didn't sweep the Mets, right? Did we sweep the Mets? Sweep the Mets? Yeah. Uh, no, we lost. Oh no, we beat we lost two or three, and then we lost yeah. ten to one. Thought and about got... sweeping the Mets. I mean, that might be the only fan base that can gripe more than the Cubs right now because the Mets are also kind of terrible at the moment and i think they did just get swept by atlanta and lost on a walk-off and they spent 350 million dollars on their team so yeah well <laughs> but it's not my money i don't care i just want to win you know what i mean like what i don't care how much you spend you spend 175 300 million dollars it doesn't it's not my money either way like a freaking ticket to the cubs game i looked on on this saturday when and this weekend, when the Orioles are coming in town on Friday, I should say the Friday game, a 120 start when people are a lot of times are still at work. 
Um, that game, cheapest ticket for the Cubs that the Cubs are selling is like 60 bucks. Lol. Good luck. Good yeah. luck. Well, I know a lot of for Baltimore this, fans. In this economy with this team? Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. Family of four, you're going to like just drop like like five, six hundred dollars. Like after a beer bat and some dogs, I mean, yeah. And this is for nosebleeds, by the way. This isn't even the seat you want to sit in. This is with a pole and stuff. It's like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, now I know a lot of people show up because the weather is nice and whatnot. You want to come out to the old ballpark and Wrigley is absolutely beautiful. So that's what the Cubs have. And, you know, they were hoping they could just give you this 500 team and give you just enough interest to show up at the ballpark for if you really are a baseball fan. But I have a feeling that we're getting to the point right now where other where people will could choose to do something else with their time because they don't want to show up and, and watch this. And here's the thing we don't even know who these players are. Like we're getting back to like me going to the game with my mom and I'm like, who's that guy? Well, he was at the Dodgers. Well, who's that guy? Well, he was on the Orioles. Well, who's that guy? Uh, he was on the, the, the reds. And you know, it's like, who's miles, who's miles Mastroboni? I'm like, I don't even know, mom. I don't even know. And I don't even want to learn because he's not gonna be here very long. He might as well be Brett wisely. And Brett wisely is doing better for the giants right now. As I, I just looked this up on SeatGeek real fast, just to see, uh, what the tickets are like for that Friday game you're talking about. You can go for $29 off of SeatGeek, but you can actually get in on the 200s, which is my favorite area to sit in at the ballpark for about 30, 31, 31, 32. So like the Cubs are trying to sell you a bag of goods with their $60, 400 level tickets. You that's, can definitely get that on the secondary market for cheaper. And that's a week out. Absolutely. By the time it's next Thursday, those tickets will be like $17. Yeah. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah. If, if you, it, it, for two, you know, if you need four or some kind of special order, it might be more difficult to find a set that suits you. But, yeah, absolutely. And, and so that my only point to this is that it's still premium prices because it's and that's not and it's premium prices from the Cubs like and it's definitely premium prices for the season ticket holders who are already in for all this money. And they're the ones trying to dump their tickets out here. I mean, all you can hope for now if you're in that situation is really good weather. Because that will be, that's it. Does somebody want to sit in the sun for a few hours? <laughs> yeah, that's it. And you know what? You can do that in the freaking park for free. If you want to watch the Cubs game, you can just go over to Gallagher Way and sit on one of those benches right in front of it. Like you can't go into Gallagher Way unless you maybe get a screenshot or something of somebody's ticket. But <laughs> Danny, yeah. Danny, you're giving, you're giving the masses well, ideas they, to cheat the Cubs. No, oh, what? So I can go and pay ten dollars for a beer in Gallagher Way that I could buy for. Pretty sure it's like thirteen dollars now. I think it's like thirteen dollars yeah. before tip to get a mango seltzer. And by the way, one of my favorite things the Cubs have done this year is bring back the mango seltzer because the black cherry seltzer is not the same, and mango seltzer is delicious. And also, thirteen dollars before tip is is extortion. <laughs> That's it. I quit drinking. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Well, Danny's quit drinking. So the weekend is going to be a little bit less fun for him. I think that we're going to head to a Sox game uh, tomorrow if if it all works out okay. But um, before we do that, Danny, where can people find you? Where can they find your work? And tell tell the masses what you're working on. I know you've got an album release coming up. 
Yeah, well, it's actually released. Today is the day. Today, 6-9. Uh, nice. It is the day of the Bleacher Bum Band Shalbum release. That's a shirt and an album. You go to sunranto.com slash band or sunranto.com and just click on the Bleacher Bum Band link. And there you will find our uh, Shalbum, which is a brand new uh, limited edition shirt. And it comes with a download before it hits any of the streaming services like Spotify and Pandora and YouTube Music and Amazon. Before it hits any of those places, you can download it early uh, right now. And there's a special track on there because uh, it had copyrighted material and I couldn't release it, but I can release it to you, you know. And, and um, I mean, it's only like that express written cassette of Major League Baseball stuff. It's a, a clip of 1984, Steve Garvey hitting a, a home run that I used in the little musical inter- interlude. But um, anyhow, it's an awesome album. I'm really proud of it. We worked really hard on it. And just to like kind of beg you to buy this album where you, the shirt and the album, we don't musicians like I've been at this for like 30 years. We used to sell you an actual physical CD that we bought for a dollar and then we could sell it to you for $10 and we'd sell you it's t-shirt and that would be enough for us to put gas money in our van and go to the next town. That's how I kind of grew up doing it. You know, things have completely changed. It's all about streaming. We get about 0.007 cents per every single time you stream our, our music. If you listen to enough of it, um, it's about what we get every time you download an episode too. Of yeah. Of yeah. So the, the yeah, exactly. Cup of company blue actually pays more than years and years of hard uh, work of learning to play and mix and compose music. So it, it really helps to give us money to uh, rent rehearsal space, give us money to uh, invest in the t-shirts like we're doing. And also just like pay ourselves for the, a consequence uh, for the consequence. I should leave. I wasn't going to say consequence, but it is the consequence. It must be a Freudian slip of uh, being a musician. The consequences of musicianhood, guitar strings, repairs, uh, you know, it, it, new uh, gear and equipment and new headphones and all the things that you have to do and purchase to in order to make music. It ain't cheap, folks. It cost me over a thousand bucks to make this record. And we and we really appreciate if you put some money back in that kitty by buying the album, even if you still just stream it. It is uh, really helpful to us to even buy the shirt. So, awesome. uh, yeah, so please go to bleach uh, sunranto.com slash bleacher bum band and buy it. And also on June 17th, I'll put Wrigleyville. We'll be celebrating the release of this album right after the Cubs beat the Orioles. And um, that's as much hope as I have for that game. <laughs> I was going to say, you're pretty optimistic that the Cubs are going to win a baseball game before your album release. We will either be celebrating the Cubs winning a baseball game or we will be commiserating uh, with some great music and some wonderful friends and listening to Danny's songs after that game. Before we head out, I, I want to give a shout out to my parents. Um, they got married on June 9th, 50 years ago. And nice. honestly, one of those really rare things these days to celebrate 50 years of marriage. So I know that they listen to the show now and again, even though I don't think that they love the Cubs nearly as much as I do. I think they just listen to hear what we're talking about. And I just want to say um, my parents are the coolest people. I know they are both really hardworking and tremendous and every good thing that I've ever done is a result of the hard work and love that they have shown me 
over my lifetime. So thank you for making that decision and sticking it out for 50 years. 50 years is a long time, y'all. Like I can't even imagine how they have done that, but they have done it with grace and with respect. And they've taught me a million wonderful things along the way. So happy anniversary to that. Yeah, happy anniversary. Thanks for making uh, it, Sarah. Yeah, I, I'm glad to be here. Thanks, thanks for everything. Uh, you can find me at, at BCB underscore Sarah if you want to see the results of my one of the results of my parents' 50 years of marriage. You can see that on my Twitter account all the time. You can find my writing at bleedcubbyblue.com, including the piece today that wonders why the Cubs aren't fun anymore. Uh, and you can find me and Danny at, at Cup of Cubby Blue, where we are releasing all of our podcasts and the links that we talk about thereof. Make sure you check out the Shalba. Make sure you check out the Bleacher Bum Band Party. Um, and come commiserate with us on Twitter because this team is not very good right now. And it's been, it's, it's the only fun, the only thing we have left is making jokes about it on Twitter, y'all. And we will continue to do so until next time. <laughs>